You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Kid, every time I'm pulling out, he's right there. Man, and someone needs to talk to his parents if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? It's always, every day, this intersection's always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. I need some of these dumb roads. Oh, there's. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Oh, sure. Take the spot. Way to be considerate. Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's about time. Let's see, what do I want? Uh, yeah, could I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookie. The world? Your oyster, and he's serving your cookies. Thanks, sir. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. What can I get for you? Uh, yeah, I'll have a tall decaf macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. Two, three, eighty-five. And uh, it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line, obviously. And thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. What? What is... What am I supposed to do? How can I how can I do anything about that? Can I even help with that? I don't your coffee, sir. Oh. I can't I can't take this anymore. I gotta get out of here. Hey, watch
Hey, buddy. Come here. Morning. Are we not awake yet? Let's try it again. Good morning. All right. And the good thing I like to always do is uh, God is good. And all the time. All right. Well, welcome to uh, Church at the Center this morning. My name is Richard Cunningham. I'm a frequent pe- uh, preacher here. Um, I preach here once a month. I get the awesome opportunity to preach about God's love and grace and mercy. Um, and it's such a privilege. And uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be reading from a f- story that you might be familiar with. It's uh, The Good Samaritan. It's out of uh, Luke. And uh, I got really excited about getting to preach this message because um, Luke is teaching us to look past the people that we just initially hold right in our, 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 our people groups. So I'll just call it like that. Just our little short groups that we have. And he's teaching us how to expand outside that and how to include um, the outsider and love them just as we love ourselves. And um, as, as I have to admit, as reading this story, um, I was like, wow, what a great opportunity to show who our God is, amen? And it's just, uh, anytime I get an opportunity to speak about God or get, uh, get the opportunity to pour into somebody else as Christ pours into me, it's an awesome opportunity. And my heart is uh, overwhelmed with joy, and uh, as it should be, I guess. And uh, what we're gonna do this morning, we're just going ahead and, and jump right into the story. Um, and I just invite you to think about, as I go through the sermon, as just how short our circles are of people that we have in our lives and how we could expand that and how we could become more Christ-like and what God is calling us to really be like, okay? All right, and uh, what I want to share with you this morning, uh, just to start off, is uh, something that Pastor Bob was sharing this morning, and this is uh, his writing. And uh, in this parable of the Good Samaritan, it is one of the more familiar stories of Jesus. The, the, praise, good, or the phrase, good Samaritan, became synonymous with doing a good deed for someone in need. Uh, now, while the story involves this, the parable is so much more. And uh, Jesus is pressing for us to broaden our definition of neighbor. Uh, we have a tendency to draw the circle of uh, far too small for those we include in our love and concern. Um, and this morning, uh, he's inviting us, and Jesus is inviting us, and Luke is inviting us, uh, to jump in with both feet and with an open heart so we can receive the full impact of Jesus's words. The full impact of Jesus's words, because that's really what it is, amen? It's, it's, it's an impact. It's good news. It's like, hey, I have something greater for you. You can be more for yourself. You can be more for the others that are around you. You can teach them to be more for their, and it's a domino effect, so on and so on, et cetera, et cetera. You get the idea. Um, okay, so one more thing. It shouldn't surprise you that, or it shouldn't surprise us that the Good Samaritan story is unique to Luke as we have observed Luke's concern to include the outsider, um, as we discovered before. Um, as the only contributor to the New Testament who wasn't Jewish, Luke keeps reminding his readers how Jesus' love extends beyond only the people groups we tend to include in our circles. All right, so now if you have your Bibles, you can uh, turn to that and follow along with me. If not, um, I will be your narrator. <laughs> All right, so this, we're just going to be reading from Luke. Chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Okay, Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit life and to inherit eternal life? And uh, Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? 
The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. Remember that, do this and you will live. We're going to come back to that. All right, the man wanted to justify his actions for some reason. (laughs) So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, or beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him up. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him, into, uh, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I am here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who, attacked, uh, who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Wow. All right. So in this message, um, I just feel like the Holy Spirit was just telling me that really in this message that Luke has given us, this is a chance. This is a preparation for God. We are preparing for the next life with, with, with Jesus. Amen. We are following right into the footsteps of what Jesus is trying to it was doing throughout the story of, of the Bible, and he is broadening our horizons. He's teaching us how to love one another and then love our neighbor um, as we love ourselves. So, uh, like I said, what a great chance to reflect on being what God is telling us to be like. Okay? And then also, when thinking this, though, I also, um, you know, I, I, my mind gets to running all over the place, but I get to thinking about also, there's a lot of reasons that could keep somebody from being a good neighbor to somebody. And, and it's like, this is like things that really don't even matter, honestly. But as a question, just to get your wheels turning, what are some things that could keep you from being a good neighbor? Raise your hand and then I'll call on you if you, if you have a reply. If not, I'll go first just to break the ice. Um, how I used to be uh, before I found God and everything is if somebody owed me money, I was not a good neighbor about it. I, I, I couldn't be compassionate towards them or anything else. Uh, I never put the shoe on the other foot. Um, you owe me money if you came to me with an excuse. Well, and, and it might have been a valid, a, a valid excuse. You know, hey, look, I didn't get that many days in for work because I was sick. So my check was only so much and I had to give my son or my daughter or whatever the reason may be. And in the back of my mind, it was all about me. I knew that you owe me money. I wanted my money. And, if you, and, and I hate for being like that, but I was. But if I didn't have my money, then we had a problem. So that was the thing for me. And that's my confession right there. You can take that and run with it. All right. So anybody else? Yes, ma'am, in the back. Fear for your safety, okay. Lack of time, okay. Very good. Mm. Good. <laughs> Lack of patience, yes. Anybody else? In the back, right there. I'm sorry? Yes, sir, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Anybody else? 
No, no, say, so those are really all good reasons. Um, but let's put the shoe on the other foot. Let's think about that person as if we were the ones that just had a couple days off, like in my excuse I was using. I had a couple days off. I had uh, a short paycheck. I had to give something to my daughter or my son or my wife, and I don't have it. I would expect that other person to be compassionate, right? Right, so it's so easy really just to go right whenever you first see what was going on as me, 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 and not really taking the time to focus on, as we've seen with the glasses, that somebody might just really be dealing with something. Amen? All right, so uh, in this, what a great opportunity to show others who my God is. Awesome. Warms my heart. All right? I think it's only fair to say that we are all conscious of what the next right thing to do is in any given situation, right? I mean, we have an idea of that. Um, I know that in my relationship with the Trinity, I am always looking for an opportunity to share God, as I covered before. I'm always looking for the opportunity to share God with someone. Now, in that, um, I know that my heart has to be wide open. Amen. It has to be wide open to the point that when needed, without even thinking about it, my reaction is saying God as soon as the action takes place. God as soon as the action takes place. Here's the next thing about it is like I don't want to be the one seen doing it. Okay, I don't want I don't want the I don't want all the gratification for it. I don't want none of it. Actually, I want you to know that God is directing me to do or say whatever it is that I'm doing at that point in time. I'm outside of myself. I want you to know that God is in me. He is living through me and whatever I am doing, he is in control. Somebody needs to see that. See that when you say amen, somebody that's on the verge of maybe making the leap, but not and, and just like. This doesn't really have the courage to go the whole way. Somebody needs to see who God is. Amen. That's what we're doing in this walk, right? Amen. All right. So what a great, what another great opportunity to God, uh, for me to show who God is. As, is. as in, it is imperative for you to know what having a relationship with God looks like. It is imperative for you to know. In the first commandment, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord. God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Okay, so that's your relationship with God. That's this way, right? And then the second one is like unto it. Thou shalt love their neighbor as thyself. And that is your connection with man. Amen? Amen. Got the cross there. I just like to, I don't know, I get. <laughs> all right, so in this, I, I really believe in really see that the Lord and Savior, the creator of everything, is offering us life right here. Remember right there at the beginning when we was reading that, he said, do this and you will live. In fact, it was right in verses number 27 and 28. It reads, um, if you will be able to show that scripture, I'm sorry, I tried to throw that up there. <laughs> in verses 27 and 28, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. It seems like a large task, right? But I know that in my own, on my own, I cannot do this. It is impossible for me to do what Jesus is asking us to do right here. It is impossible for me to do that by myself, if I'm being completely honest with myself. There's no way I could love the God. I, I, I can handle this first part. I can have the relationship with God. I can love God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength. But when it comes to love a man and and loving thy neighbor as, as, as myself, I'm going to need help doing that because there's things that I might hold on to and not really notice it that like, you know, like we was talking about before, whatever the reason may be, 
you know, that might not allow me to love that person the way that God is really wanting me to love them, the outsider. Okay. All right. There are so many things in that that people worry about that don't even matter. Let's get back to that. There's things in this world that people are so caught up on, and I'm guilty of doing the same thing. I'm not really pointing the finger. Just bringing to attention, there are so many things that people worry about that don't even matter. The world is corrupt in the sense of trying to fit in. All right? If you don't have these shoes, if you don't drive this car, um, if you don't have the latest $1,000 phone that reads uh, XJ9000, whatever it may be, uh, does all these things over here on the side, has all the amenities and whatever else that goes along with, or accessories, excuse me. Okay? But let's go deeper than that. All right? I want to go deeper. The world is hard to fit in. It's got so, much, so many corrupt things going on. What if I'm black? All right? What if I'm white? What if I'm Native American? What if I'm Hispanic? Asian? What if I'm smarter than you are or not? All right? see, like, see, none of these things have any significance more than your situation. None. None whatsoever. Which brings me to Genesis 1, 27. God made me in his image. If you would, I would really like for you guys to repeat after me. Say this. God made me in his image. Isn't that awesome? Think about that. Say it one more time. Really, let that soak in. God made me in his image. Awesome. All right. We are children of God. Amen. All right. Now, the enemy, no matter how he tries to twist this, fold it, add to, take away, mislead, lie, cheat, kill or steal, he can never overcome God. Never. Ever, ever, ever. And, and I like that so much, I'm going to say it one more time. The enemy tries to, but he will never be able to, no matter how he twists it, folds it, adds to, takes away, misleads, lies, cheats, kills or steals, he can never overcome God. Repeat after me. I am a child of God. Oh, you got to say that with some heart. Come on now, we can do better than that. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. That feels good, right? Stick your chest out. I said that before. I, I like, I get, <laughs> all right. So what Jesus is asking us to do right here while I was speaking on this earlier, it's, it's impossible. I have to have a relationship uh, with God in order to love thy neighbor as I love myself and how God wants me to do it. I have to come to this realization, all right? But what I'm about to say next is a life changer and really what God has been waiting for you to say if you haven't already. I really believe that if this gentleman right at the beginning of the, of the parable, if the gentleman would have just said this, the parable wouldn't have went no further. I really believe that if Jesus said, go and do this and you will live, I believe that the gentleman would have just been honest and said, I can't do that. There is no way I can love thy neighbor like I love myself. Now, this God thing, I can do that. But when it comes to loving thy neighbor like I love myself, I think that if he would have just been honest and said, I cannot do that, God would have been like, or Jesus would have been like, yes. Now that you get that, now that you fully understand that you can't do that on your own, Come to me and let me show you how to do it. I really believe that the peril would have been over with at that, right at that point in time. So in that, what does that say about my relationship with God? 
okay, well, I need to say, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. Yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I'm following you. But there are still some things that I am going to have to deal with. I need you to get through that because if I'm doing it on my own, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to love my neighbor like I'm supposed to love my neighbor, right? I might not even love myself like I'm supposed to love myself. And if I can't do that, then how can I love the other ones that are around me that I'm claiming to love? It is impossible. I am going to have to have this relationship with God and love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. All of it. Not just, oh, yeah, I'm, okay. I, no, all of it. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me? Amen? Amen. All right. So listen, in this, I, here's what I get out of it. It does not matter who qualifies for your love, but what matters is the quality of your love. It's the quality that Jesus is, is trying to bring out of us right here. Luke is including this. It wants to include the outsider and lets you to know it's the quality of your love, not who qualifies for it. It didn't qualify for the priest that went by. And, you know, in our minds, we would think that, you know, if we see a priest come along, oh, yeah, he's going to take care of him. But that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. As Pastor Bob pointed out, there, there was also that both of them were, uh, or one was a temple assistant. So both of them were followers of God. No help. But yet the Samaritan, who was despised as Jews, and we know the story on that, Jews and Samaritans did not get along whatsoever at all. In fact, they hated each other. All right. So in this, the challenge begins. OK. It's really uh, it's a really a direct order to accept everyone we come into contact with and then to love on them as we love ourselves. To have this, we have to obtain. Uh, no, to, to have this or to obtain this, we have to ask God to knock our walls down that we've built our uh, that we built around ourselves, that we've done ourselves. All right. We want to be loved, or and we have to have no boundaries as well. And when, or better yet, while we are pursuing God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and knowing that we ourselves want to be loved, that there are others who are in need. There are others who are in need of love. There are some people that are around you uh, in your workplace, wherever out in the world, that probably do, that don't know what love is. They've never had it. They might have somebody say it to them but the action's not there, whatever the situation may be. There are some people that don't really know what love is because they don't also, even for the most part, they don't know who Jesus is, all right? So in that, in my actions and everything else like that, I'm going to be loving thy neighbor as God has directed me to be. And if I'm having a problem doing it, then I'm gonna pray about it and show me how to do it like I'm one years old, God, so I don't miss it. I don't want it to be in a way to where I'm gonna have to sit there and think about it. Is this you or is that? No, I want you to show it to me like I'm one years old. Amen. I want to make sure that you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Everybody, everybody I come into contact with, I want you to know that God is in me. I want you to know that I am your neighbor. Amen. All right. God has given you an opportunity to show others who he is and how they can prepare themselves and others for him. Now, this is where it's hard at. To the individuals who think that they are better because there's some out there. To those who are think that they are smarter or above you, God is telling you to love them. Amen? Lord, help me through this process. Because <laughs> there's, times, there's times that people make that hard, right? If you can relate to that, raise your hand. There's times 
Whereas some people will test your patience all the way to the point to where you just want to put your hand up and walk off. He's on his own. She's on her own. Amen. So, Lord, help me with that. And I pray about that. What an awesome gift the Lord your God is, or the Lord our God has given us, love. And while we understand what love is, or we think we do at least, it's also nice to, to still be reminded, isn't it? It's nice to be reminded about what love is. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through, two, uh, 4 through 8. And if you would, I would just invite you to, just to read, this along with, uh, read this along with me. Okay, here we go. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It is being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Amen. Now go and do the same, as Jesus said. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are uh, better for everyone we come into contact with through you. And in this understanding, Lord, we are asking that you soften our hearts, Father, and teach us in your way of love to love those that are around us, Lord, to step away from ourselves, Lord, to expand our, uh, our circle groups, Lord, that we have, Lord, to extend a hand uh, and reach out and grab a hold, Lord, and let others know who you are, Lord. Uh, we ask for the strength and the courage to do this, Lord. And uh, Lord, we just ask of all this in your son's precious name. And the church said, amen. amen.